up in Virginia, and uh, they're making their way to uh, down to Florida for their honeymoon this week in Disney World. And uh, so keep uh, Michael and Joy in our prayers, and we'll see them in another week or so uh, here at Coastal. Um, today we begin a brand new series entitled Summer Reading. And uh, I, I want to explain, first of all today, uh, just the idea of the series, um, uh, the inspiration for it. In some ways, it's very similar to the series that we just wrapped up called At the Movies, uh, where we used uh, different popular summer movies as a hook or a springboard to talk about spiritual truth. Well, for this series, instead of movies, uh, we're going to use six different books as a springboard to then delve into and talk about the subject matter of those books, uh, talk about some spiritual truth. Now, each of, those, each of these books, we believe, uh, are worth reading, and uh, we're providing kind of a, a limited number of those books for sale in the Welcome Center. There's a table over there, and um, we're kind of just uh, trusting you that it's kind of on, on your, uh, the honor system. Um, but we're encouraging you to pick one up and uh, uh, to read them. How many of you consider yourselves to be readers? I mean, you enjoy reading, you carry books around, you like to read. Okay, good many of you. Now, how many of you, uh, when you finished either high school or college, made a vow, a promise before God that you would never open another book and read it again? Okay, some of you are, oh, you're on that end of the spectrum. Okay, so uh, now before some of you freak out and think that, you know, Pastor Chris has gone heretical and we've thrown out the Bible and now we're encouraging you to read other books other than the Bible, uh, throw your email away, take your medication, okay? That's, uh, that's not what's happening uh, for this series. It's not what we're doing. If anything, what I hope will happen is that you'll discover uh, that during this series, you'll find yourself compelled to go to Scripture, to go to the truth of God's Word, and uh, to go deeper with it, and deeper in your, in your walk with God. Uh, I happen to believe that readers are, that leaders are what? Readers, okay, very good. In fact, in your, in your outline or in your bulletin this morning, there's a little flyer that kind of has all the list of all the different books that we're using. In fact, that's the order in which we'll be preaching these messages. So the six books, and there's actually two more there at the bottom that we're just, that we had, there was a great deal on them, and they're good books, and we thought they'd be worth reading as well. So uh, please, again, uh, take care, uh, go to the books and uh, pick them up this week and uh, uh, get started in reading. Um, we actually did a, a life group this past uh, summer semester from the book that I want to talk about today. And that book of, is a great book on prayer uh, called The Circle Maker uh, by Pastor Mark Batterson. And he kind of referenced it here in the video clip that you saw. But the whole, his whole idea and inspiration for the book uh, and, and the title of the book actually comes from an historical uh, Jewish legend called The Legend of Honey the Circle Maker. Uh, and, and, and in the first chapter, he, he kind of retells the story, and then he uses this idea of, of drawing circles uh, as an illustration. And, and he uses it just to challenge us, the reader, to, to pray more boldly, to pray more consistently. Now, to me, it was a great book. Our life group had a, had a great time going through it. Uh, but the, really, to me, the book not only was about prayer, but it was about faith. And, and it, was a, it was a good reminder that God is for us, that he's on your side. By the way, that might be just a very a, a, a nugget that you needed to hear right there today. That, you know, sometimes I realize that depending on your church background or maybe you didn't go to church, you kind of think God's against you and he's ready to zap you. 
Well, the truth is that's not true. He's on your side. And in fact, what you'll discover and be reminded of as you read this book is that he is still looking for people today to do amazing things for and through. But what he's waiting on is he's waiting on people to simply walk by faith to trust his promises, to, to trust him. And if you don't, he'll, he'll find somebody. But why not you? Why not let God use you to do something amazing? And so uh, when you read the book, don't get lost on this whole idea, by the way, of, of drawing circles. In fact, later on in the book, the author says this. He says, one of the dangers of writing the circle maker is the application of the prayer principles without any thought. It's not meant to be a formula. It's faith. It's not methodology, it's theology. It honestly doesn't matter whether it's a circle, an oval, or a trapezoid. Drawing circles is nothing more than us laying our request before God and waiting expectantly. If, if walking in circles helps you pray with more consistency and intensity, then go ahead and make yourself dizzy. If not, then find something. Find anything that helps you pray through. So uh, again, pick up the book. It's a great book, a great book on prayer, a great book on faith. Now, this morning, before we get too far into my message on prayer, I, I kind of, I need your help today, okay? I need you to help me with something. I, let me explain. Um, I love getting cards, uh, especially cards where people took the time to, to write, you know, uh, a, a handwritten note. Raise your hand if you like that. If you like getting a handwritten note in the mail. I mean, just, that's a lost art form today, isn't it? First of all, I mean, very few people, I mean, most of our students don't even know how to write in cursive anymore, do you? You're like, what is that? It looks like a foreign language. Don't make me do that, you know? It's just so much easier to text or type. We forget how to write. And so to, for somebody to actually take the time to, uh, to buy a card or buy a note and then to write something in it, it's just really cool. Well, I got, I got a handwritten note in the mail this week, and it really just reminded me how special that is. And I started to think about it. You know, since I got so much joy getting this handwritten note in the mail from somebody, I need to do a better job of doing that for other people. And so who better to start my new handwriting, uh, you know, card writing goal than with my wife, Janet? And so I thought I could get some help uh, from you today. Not that I'm too lazy to write it on my own or get it on my own, but I, but I need some help. So rather than just me finding a card, any old card, and giving it to her, I want you to help me, out, help me pick out the card, okay? So I'm going to share some cards with you, and I, I got these uh, this week. I got three cards up here. Um, I'm going to share some cards that I've picked out for Janet. And uh, I want you to let me know which one you think is the best card. I want to make sure that I got her the right card. You know what I mean? I mean, she puts up with me every day, you know. That's hard enough right there. She takes care of our family. And uh, I just want to make sure that the words on the card really capture uh, how I feel about her. So I got three cards, and um, I'm going to read each one. And after I do, I want you to applaud if you feel like that this is the card that I should give my wife. Now, card number one. Now, first of all, let me say that the first card, it's kind of bedazzled a little bit. You know, I, I was like, whoo, I picked it out, you know. It's got little jewels on it. They're not real, obviously, but, you know, little sprinkles and stuff, and it's all shiny. And, and also on the front card, um, already? Is that like, is that me? Or, okay, anyway, also on the front, um, it already has some, you know, some verbiage on it, which I thought that was really good. 
So here, I'm going to read it. When did I give you the key to my heart? Why do I love you? Where do I start? Oh, right. Okay, so that's pretty good. Good start. Okay. I love how you look. Ooh, baby. Okay, there we go right there. Okay. I like how you speak. I live for the touch of your hand on my cheek. Okay. Okay. It's, it's got a rhyming element to it. I thought that was really cool. Um, I, I love that you trust me. I love that you're kind and honest enough to say what's on your mind. I love that you're silly. I love that you're wise. I love how the world looks when seen through your eyes. I love all the wonder and mystery of you. I love that you're someone who loves me back too. I'm so glad you're mine. So it already had all the cool stuff on it. I underlined a few things. You know, I thought that was a little special. And then I just wrote, love Chris. So applaud if you think that's a good card to get Janet. Okay, 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 okay. So, well, hold on, I got, I got two more. Now, card number two, same deal. I'm going to read it, and then you clap if you think this is the card I forget to get for Janet. Now, again, there was already some stuff, verbiage on the front. It's red. It says, my heart. It's got a picture of a heart. Belongs to you. And uh, so, similar to the first card, you open it up, but there's not verbiage uh, already written on both sides. It just had one side, and so it doesn't say as much. It's not bedazzled, uh, but it does say this. Um, I never thought... That love could be this endless, deep, and true until the day I gave my heart and all my love to you. And uh, oh, and it has a little red heart on it. And then since it didn't have you know, as much written on it itself, I decided I thought I ought to add something to it. So I just wrote, I saw this card and thought of you. I love you with all my heart, Chris. So clap if you think that's worthy. Okay, so a, a few more. Um, now, card number three, honestly, th there's, there's nothing written on the front of it. It just has a flower. There's, it's not like sparkly or bedazzled or anything, and it's kind of plain. Uh, and then when you open it up, there was nothing in it. It was completely blank. And I was like, oh. So, you know, so again, you know, I thought that, you know, I better come up with something myself to write, you know, on the card. I just can't give her a blank card. That would be terrible. So, um, so I'm, and this is a little awkward, but I'm going to read what I wrote, and then again, just do the same thing, what you think. Here we go. Janet, I want, to, I want you to know how completely loved you are. You are an amazing woman, an incredible mom, and a wonderful friend and companion. You are the heart of our home. Our children absolutely love you, and your love for them can be seen in the people they are becoming. You are such an important part of my life. It's as though I could not exist without you. Your support and encouragement means more to me than all the riches of this world. I cannot imagine loving you more, but with each passing moment, I do. Forever with you is not long enough. All my love, Chris. So, what do you think about that card? Is that... <laughs> Woo! Okay. That's a... Uh... Pretty much what they what they did in the first service, so I think I think I'm going to go with that one. Um, but uh, but think about that for a second. Why in the world was was that card uh, the most popular card? Well, you you know exactly what my wife knows, what Janet knows, what what all of us know. By the way, by the way, guys, I hope you learned a little something from that whole that whole illustration. But um, uh, but my words, my own words, my personal words, are far more valuable to my wife than the words of somebody else. Even if, 
you know, they're, they're not the most eloquent, even if there's not a catchy phrase, even if they don't rhyme. The reality is Janet's going to sit down and she's going to say, yeah, but those are from, from Chris. You know, they're heartfelt, they're genuine, they're authentic, they're, they're real. Now, here's what I want you to catch today. This is probably the main thing that I want you to see all day long today, and it's this. That right there is exactly how it is with prayer. And it's how God feels about you. You know, when, when we pray, it is our opportunity to pour out our own words to God. And that is exactly what God is looking for. He's not looking for, you know, bedazzled, you know, well-written, fancy words. He's not, writ he's not looking for poetry or prose. He is, you know what he's looking for? He's looking for openness. He's looking for honesty. He's looking for authenticity. And I know you might be here today and you might be thinking, yeah, but Pastor Chris, if I'm open and I'm authentic with God, quite honestly, man, there's a lot that's going to come out and it, and it might not be kind. I mean, I have some doubts and I have some hurt and I have some pain and I have some anger. Well, here's what you need to hear today. Our God's love for you is big enough to handle that. It just is. It doesn't matter where you're at on that, on that spiritual journey. He just wants you to open up and to be honest and to be real. Colossians 4.2 says this. What's the very first word? How does it begin? What's the word? Devote. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Uh, we're talking about circle, 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 maker, circle maker. Circle the word devote there this morning on your outline. That word devote, it comes in its original language in the Greek. It comes from this idea of, of staying in place. It conveys the idea of, of constantly continuing, not stopping, not giving up, not getting tired, not growing, growing faint. It, 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 it carries the idea of a habit, of a discipline. Now, in the circle maker, Mark Batterson, Pastor Mark says this. He says, your destiny is not a mystery. For better or for worse, your destiny is the result of your daily decisions. If you make good decisions on a daily basis, it has a cumulative effect that pays dividends for the rest of your life. Now, what, what does he mean by that? What is he saying? He's saying that you and I are shaped by our habits. And that's true in all of life, financially, relationally, even spiritually. We are defined by the habits that we devote ourselves to. Now, here's the good news that you need to hear today. Prayer is a rev relatively easy thing to devote yourself to because prayer is, is not that difficult. Here's a good working definition of prayer. Prayer is communicating with God. Communicating with God. It's that simple. It, it, it's, it's one of those, uh, as we devote ourselves regularly to communicating with God, some amazing things are going to happen in your life. And, and, and the main thing is spiritual growth. You are going to be forever changed if you would devote yourself, if you would make this decision, if you would make this a habit, make this a discipline. And when you start to do it, your prayer life is going to change. As it becomes a part of your everyday life, the language that you use is going to be a little bit different. You're going to, it's going to have a different feel to it. You're going to connect with God in, in a new and an exciting way. Now, 
Let me give you three descriptions of what your prayer life will look like as it becomes a habit, as you devote yourself to it. Number one, my prayers are personal, are personal. Just like those cards that you helped me with a minute ago, your prayer life, your prayers need to be your words to God, not somebody else's. You know, God wants us to talk to him about what's going on in our lives. And I know for some of you, that's kind of a tough concept because, you know, in your mind you think, well, yeah, but Pastor Chris, you know, God's all holy, he's all seeing, all knowing, he's the all-powerful creator of the universe and everything in it. Why in the world does he want to hear about the mundane, everyday, boring stuff that goes on in my life. I mean, he's got more important things to do, to care about what's happening in the Middle East and, you know, and starving children. Why in the world does he want to listen to me? And the only answer I can give you is this. You ready? He loves you. I mean, it really is one of the great things about God. It, it, it shows us just how much that, that he loves you. And he also knows this about you. If you're not sharing with him, the everyday, you know, ongoing stuff that's happening in your life, eventually, here's what's going to happen. You're going to worry. You're going to become afraid. You're going to get anxious. Listen to Philippians 4, 6. Listen to this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray only about the really important stuff. It doesn't say that, does it? Pray about what? What's the word? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Listen. God wants you to talk to him about everything, everything that's going on in your life. And by the way, that is the antidote to fear and to worry because you're, you're giving that all to God and there's nothing too trivial for you to talk to him about. Number two, when I'm devoted to prayer, not only are my prayers personal, but now they become persistent. You know, a lot of you have certain times that you communicate with people that you're close to. For example, maybe, maybe for some of you, you have parents who live, you know, a far distance, you know, they, they, live, they don't live here in Charleston, and so you kind of have a set time where you communicate with them. Maybe you have a phone call every weekend, and you talk to your mom or talk to your dad. Maybe, you know, you, you talk for an hour. Maybe it's a brother or a sister or it's an old friend, whatever, but you've got, you know, just kind of a schedule where you talk to them. Maybe with your spouse, you have a weekly date night. You know, or maybe for you and your, your husband or wife, you know, you, uh, you just take a few minutes either before dinner or after dinner. Maybe the kids are doing their thing after dinner, and you sit on the sofa, and you just got a few minutes where you can just talk. Now, with each of those people, let me ask you a question. Is the conversation always earth-shaking? You know, is the conversation always about only big, important serious things is it no of course not what's it about it's about the everyday you know ongoing mundane boring stuff but you need somebody to share that with because you love them and they love you and you have a relationship with them but what if you didn't do that what if you never scheduled those regular times of communication you know exactly what would happen because it happens all the time in, in relationships, in marriage, in families. Your busy schedule would eventually overshadow and overtake the time that you spend with the people that you're closest to. Happens all the time. Well, your prayer life, your relationship with God is no different. 
And if you're not careful, if you've not made it something that you are devoted to, that you're consistent with, your busy schedule eventually is going to overshadow your time with God. What I'm saying today is you've got to build those consistent scheduled times of communicating with God. Romans 12, 12 says, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Don't stop praying. Now, I'm not saying that that means that you always have to have a time where you stop and you bow your head and you close your eyes and you got to pray some, you know, hour-long prayer. I'm saying you need both. You need scheduled times with God, and then you need to understand that you can pray all day long, all throughout the day about anything. You can pray through your day. Communicate with God all the time. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, never stop praying. Okay, so when I devote myself to prayer, my prayers become personal, it becomes persistent, and then number three, it also becomes passionate. And really, this is just a combination of the first two, because if you're being persistent and personal, then your prayer life is going to be passionate as well. I love this next verse. Listen to this. Psalm 116.2 says this, because he bends down and listens. Now, stop right there for a second. Who bends down and listens? Who's he talking about there? He's talking about God. Now, this is a beautiful uh, picture or illustration of God's relationship with us. And he, and he gives this picture, this word picture of God being this loving heavenly father, this loving parent. And he says, because he bends down and listens. What's that, what, what's that a picture of? That's a picture of like, you know, a dad, a mom you know, when they're talking to their kids, bending down, you know, kind of squatting down a little bit and getting on eye level and then looking their kid in the eye and saying, I want to listen to you. I want to talk to you. And then listen, look, look at this. It says, because he does that, I will pray as long as I have breath. What child wouldn't? I mean, what little kid doesn't, you know, is not going to talk to their mom or their dad as much as they can because their mom or dad cares for them enough to really get down on their level and listen to them. You see, you don't have to go to a certain place to pray. You know, regardless of your religious upbringing, you know, the, your church experience, you don't have to get into a certain position to pray. You don't have to have a certain amount of knowledge to go before God. You don't have to go in between. Somebody else doesn't have to be your go-between in between you and God. He simply says, when you pray, I listen. I bend down. I listen. I hear all your requests. By the way, it doesn't matter where you are, walking down the street, you see somebody, you're aware of a situation, you can talk to God, you can pray. In your cubicle, at work, on the job site, you can pray. Students in, in the classroom, you can what? Pray. Listen, by the way, do you think they can actually take prayer out of school? Don't be so stupid. As long as there's tests, there's prayer, right? Because you're sitting there going, dear God, help me with this test. You know, Lord Jesus, she's hot. I pray she's my future wife. You know, whatever. I mean, like, as long as there's kids, as long as there's tests and people, there's prayer in school. They can't take prayer out of school. That's ridiculous. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Listen, Jesus talked to God all the time. And he's our role model. The people who wrote about his life tell us that Jesus had this habit, something that he was devoted to. He got up early, got off by himself. He spent time with God in prayer. So let's look at what Jesus said about prayer. 
Okay? And we're going to close with this. The first thing Jesus said about prayer is that it proves that God exists. By the very fact that you're talking to God, it proves that he exists. You know, I'm sure you've heard this saying before. There's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole. Right? In a time of war, in a foxhole, there's no such thing as an atheist. What's, that? What's he saying there? The, the meaning of that is the reality of your desperate situation. The more desperate a situation is, the more likely that people call out to God. And I've seen that to be true. You know, I know you have. I mean, we roll through life and, and uh, with, with, with not, not a whole lot to be concerned about. And then the phone rings with those test results. And people cry out to God. You get called into the office and you find out that the company is downsizing. And families cry out to God. And that's okay. You know, it's okay to go to God in those moments. In fact, Matthew 6, 5, Jesus said this. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everybody can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they will ever get. What's Jesus saying? He's saying it's possible to do spiritual things for the wrong reasons. You know, I, you know, I, I pray regularly, you know, we try to before meals or we go out to eat, we pray. And sometimes, man, you better be praying for some of the food you eat, you know, when you go out, you know, some places. Um, but I think we have to be careful too because there are some people who just pray to be seen and they like to portray something outwardly that's not really there spiritually. And so I think Jesus just warns us, you know, if you're, if you're praying just to be seen, if you're praying just to impress other people, then there is no connection with God whatsoever and you're getting all the reward you'll ever get. But when you cry out to God, and it's in those private moments, and you say, God, I need you, you know, that's when you really connect with God. So here's my question for all of us today. Where do you need God to show up in your life? You know, what, what is that circumstance that you're facing right now? You know, if you read the book, Mark Batterson might put it this way. He might say, what do you need to circle in prayer? Is it your career, a relationship, your marriage, your children, your finances? You know, when we go to God with those things, here's what we're saying. God, I know you're real, and I need you. And the opposite, by the way, is just as true. You see, when you fail to go to God about these things that you, that you need his help in, you're, you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, I don't need you. I, you know... I can handle this on my own. You're, you're basically acting like an atheist. Number two, the second thing that Jesus says about the habit of prayer is that it reconnects us to God, the Father. It reconnects us to him. Matthew 6, 6, it says, But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. In other words, ultimately, prayer is not for other people. Prayer is for our relationship with us and God us and the Heavenly Father. And I know for some of you that's kind of a difficult image because your idea of, of Father, your image of Father, 
is not a very positive one. But God is the perfect Heavenly Father. He's the Father that you, maybe you never had. He is trustworthy. He is loving. He is kind. He is compassionate. And when you pray, you are reconnecting with his heart. So I want to challenge you this week to do that. You know, in the, in the book, The Circle Maker, Mark challenges everyone to a 21-day prayer time. Now, why does he do that? By the way, how long does it take to make something a habit? 21 days, three weeks, that's why. So, Jesus said that prayer proves God exists. It connects us to the Heavenly Father. Number three, it acknowledges our dependence on God. You know, if you have a strong work ethic, that's a great thing. And, I mean, that's something that we, you know, you emphasize as a mom or a dad to pass on to your kids. But don't ever make the mistake that you have what you have in your life because you're self-sufficient. You know, everything good that's in your life, it's there because of the goodness of God. And when you pray, you're acknowledging that. You acknowledge that, that I am dependent on God. Verses 7 and 8, it says, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people uh, of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words over and over again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Now, two words there I want you to, I want you to pay attention to. In verse 8, it says, Father knows. Your Father knows. Jesus said he knows exactly what you need before you ask him. Now, some of you might respond to that. Oh, well, there you go. Then I don't need to go to God and, and pray about anything. No, 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 no. Listen, you're not praying to inform God of anything. You're praying to acknowledge your dependence on God. So anytime you pray, anytime you bring a request before God, you're saying, God, I need you in this situation. I need you to show up. I acknowledge my dependence on you. Here's the fourth and final thing prayer does, the habit of prayer. Ultimately, it yields my will to God's will. As you mature, as we grow up a little bit, this is the end result of prayer. It's, it's the place where you want to be. It's the place where your attitude is, God, I really want your will here, not mine. I want to stand on your promises, not just my earthly desires. You know, when Jesus was facing the harshest reality of his life, when he's hanging on the cross, becoming sin for all of us, being the sacrifice for our sins, here's what he said. He said, Father, you can do anything. You could take this, this cup of suffering away from me, but, but I want what you want not what I want. Now, why could Jesus pray that? Because he had this devotion, this habit of prayer in his life. In fact, in Matthew 6, 9 and 10, at the end of this whole section on the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching us about prayer, he says, this then is how you should pray. By the way, let me stop right there for a second. You know, in, in the Lord's Prayer, I know some of you grew up in traditions where the Lord's Prayer was something that you repeated every week. The, the Lord's Prayer was never meant to be something that was repeated and, and every week in some sort of ritual. Jesus was saying, is this then is how you should pray, not what you should pray. In other words, he was giving a lesson and instruction to people on what your prayer life should look like. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. In other words, why not begin your prayer 
praising God for who he is, thanking him for what he's done. He's holy. He, he's all-powerful. He's the creator. You know, he says, Our, pray like this. When you approach God, approach him with a sense of awe and reverence and, and give him praise. And then it says, your kingdom come, your what be done? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, many times, especially as we grow in our faith, a lot of our prayers sound like, God, give me what I want. You know, God, God work this out for me. Get me that. And we kind of treat God sometimes like he's some, you know, magic genie. And Jesus says, pray like I pray. So let me ask you, how would this sound in your own life? You know, maybe today there, there's something going on in your life that, that needs to be circled in prayer. And you need to, you know, one of the things I appreciate about this book is that he talks about praying long and praying hard and not giving up. And even if you don't always get the answer like you think it should be, to, to not give up in prayer. And so maybe your prayer would be, God, what do you want with my career? What are you telling me? What promise could I stand on? You know, God, what do you want with this relationship? Not what I want. What do you want with my finances? What do you want in this situation? Because, God, I want what you want. You know, and, and this morning, maybe there's something going on in your life that nobody in this room has any idea about. But whatever that is, it's not a surprise to God. And he just wants you, just like those cards I, I read this morning, he wants you to pour out your words to him. Because ultimately, he wants the relationship. You see, that's the end result of prayer. It's not for us to bend God's will to our will. It's for you and me to become bent to his will and to develop that love relationship with him. I know this to be God's will for you today, no matter what. Here it is. God says in his word that he is patient with all of us, not wanting anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to repent. You know, maybe that's the starting place for you. It's for you to cry out, pour out your heart to God in, in a confession and to say that, God, I need you. It's to submit your will completely to God's will in that first step of faith. And the Bible says you can do that anytime, anyplace, anywhere. You can also do it here and now. And so I'm going to pray and uh, lead you in that prayer of salvation, some of you. But then for others of you today, you know, you've been a follower of Jesus, maybe like me for, you know, over 30 years. And you know what? You just need to be reminded today that sometimes we do get a little too busy and we allow our schedules to overshadow the relationship with the people that we love. And for those of you that are followers of Jesus, that is our love relationship with God. And you need to recommit yourself today to prayer. Bow your heads. Let's pray together. Father, today I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for the opportunity today to talk about this most important subject. And Father, I, I believe there are, there are, there's a man, there's a woman here today who, who needs to submit their will to yours, who wants to come home, who wants to begin this very first step in this love relationship, this step of faith. Listen, it, it really doesn't matter the words that you say. 
what really matters today is the intent of your heart and God sees that this prayer is only a, a way of just helping you express those feelings in your heart those intentions of your heart so maybe pray something like this dear heavenly father thank you for bending down and listening to my prayers today I want to come home I have run away from you I have pushed you out of my life and today I repent of all of that and I turn towards you I believe God I believe that Jesus is your son I believe that you willingly, lovingly sacrificed him for me. He paid the price of my sin. My sin put him on that cross. But your power and your love, three days later, rose him from the dead, and he is alive. And so, Father, quite simply, I just say, I want to follow Jesus. I put my trust and hope in him and him alone and what he did for me no longer have to work to earn my salvation, to earn my standing before you. Jesus did that for me. And now I live and bask in your grace, and I want to follow him. Father, thank you for hearing those prayers, for making those individuals like the rest of us brand new and clean. Father, for those of us who are followers of your son Jesus, we need to be reminded today about the habit and the discipline of prayer. That you want both those times of scheduled conversation, but you also just want us to talk to you all throughout the day and share with you what's going on. I pray that we are a praying people here at Coastal. We love you today and we pray all these things in the name of Jesus.